Hi, this is Sam with the Undecillion Podcast, and today we've got Jason and a special guest, Ivan, with us, and we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff. So, how are you doing today, Ivan? Dude, I'm awesome after listening to that grooving track now. <laughs> That's not a for real. Good way to start the day, right? Yeah, <laughs> or <exactly>. finish it. <laughs> yeah, either or. No, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, bringing me on here. And uh, whoever listens to this, I mean, we we're kind of catching up just a little bit, but I'm excited to kind of catch up some more because, you know, uh, we kind of share a little bit of history, but it's been a while to catch up and I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you and your journey and I guess sure. what interesting things you've encountered on the way, life lessons or anything that you think is worth talking about. Jeez. <laughs> well, we have a little limited time, so where can I start? So um, my name is Ivan Morales, and um, right now I am a certified personal trainer, but that's not what I always did. I worked at IBM for 12 years. I did IT there. Um, they took great care of me, and then I just kind of felt that entrepreneurial pull. Uh, I was feeling that quite a bit, probably a decade into the job, um, and I was just never really brave enough to make the jump, and I made the jump last uh, July 31st, 2019, uh, to start my business. Um, I come from a military background. Um, I actually know these guys from ROTC in high school. Um, my mom was in the Army for 20-plus years, and then we got to travel around the world a bit, Germany, Japan, back to Virginia, and then back to Texas where I was born. And uh, here's where I've kind of planted my roots from high school, graduated from Texas A&M in electronics engineering, and then, um, yeah, then I went directly into the corporate world after that. Um, I love sunsets. I'm an Aries. And, uh, <laughs> I love a good heavy riff to bob my head to, and I also like smooth jazz as well. So, yeah. Very nice, very nice. I'll keep some secrets, but we'll divulge them as we go through. Absolutely. Uh, so when you were, you said that you were kind of scared to jump in and creating your own business. What was, I think, the things that pushed you to make the jump, and how did you get the confidence to make that jump? Um, Man, so I have... I get really bad cases of paralysis by analysis. I think it's just kind of my logical and engineering mindset. Like I feel I have to have everything planned. And um, I think I started to listen to some entrepreneur podcasts like um, um, Entrepreneur on Fire um, with John Lee Dumas and then um, what was some other ones? Uh, just kind of looking up some things. So that, oh, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. So he owned restaurants, he owned like food trucks and he's from Puerto Rico. And so he had like businesses on the island uh, but my parents were more kind of set in, you know, find your career path. They were both military and then they joined corporate world. So that was kind of like I fell right into that groove of, you know, uh, go to high school, graduate, be the first to go to college in your family, get your degree, go right to work. You know what I mean? Um, and then so, yeah, I think you just get comfortable. You know, you feel that sense of security. You're getting that constant paycheck. You got your benefits. You got your 401k, all of that great stuff. But then deep inside, you start to feel like this little gnawing where it's like, man, I could do that better. Or this just doesn't fulfill me as much. Like I like helping people, but this isn't the way I want to help people. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I was um, I got really into personal finances. So I really wanted to take care of my personal finances, too. And that was also a big part of it. I was like, well, maybe I can put myself in a financial position where I can make the jump and it's not going to like you know, uh, just completely put me broke, you know, yeah. or put me in even more debt. You know, I didn't want to be into any kind of debt anymore, uh, paid everything off. And then I just decided, you know what, I'll hold out an IBM for a little while. I'm going to pay off my house, work my butt off to pay off the house. Uh, once that was done, then I kind of felt a lot more comfortable. I was like, well, cool. I don't have this mortgage payment anymore. I just got to look at what my expenses are here and what I got to cover to food and eat food and whatever. Um, and once it looked realistic, I was like, man, it's like, I'm already coaching at a gym at a side job. Maybe I'll get certified. Maybe I'll start training some people, get a little bit of money on a side. And that's slowly where I started to build that idea where I was like, you know what, maybe I'll get into coaching with it. Not always necessarily physical fitness, but maybe financial, maybe anything, life coaching, whatever, what have you, you know? And then, um, yeah, so then I just decided to, you know, bite the bullet and make that leap. And if Jason knows me, man, like we used to jump off cliffs all the time. 
And I kind of thought about it in that that mindset where it's like, you know what, like when we used to jump, I remember feeling that little bit of fear, but then we got to the point where it was like, you know what, push it to the side and just jump. The more you think about it, the less chance you're going to do it. So sometimes, you know, you just got to go for it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You were you were better though. You you could do gainers. I don't think I could ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was. I, mean, I don't know if I could do a gainer now though without doing like a crazy backflop. But <laughs> <laughs> so you had a food truck, didn't you? With was that yours or no? So I was working on a friend trucks. Yeah. So um, I I had um, met a guy that was at the gym and he was working on a food truck and he was like, Hey man, um, these guys are looking for help at a festival. Um, I think it was a festival here in San Antonio actually called Mala Luna. It was like all like trap rap or whatever. Um, and so he invited me out to go work with this company. It was called Shawarma Point. And, um, we're still really good friends right now. And, um, you know, I worked the festival. They liked how I worked. They're like, dude, you got to come help us on the truck, man. And I was like, well, what kind of hours are you looking at? And he's like, well, I'd love to have you Friday, Saturday, and uh, well, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from like 6 p.m. to about 4 a.m. And I was like, dude, I've never seen that side of downtown Austin before. I would be working. I'd be making some money. I get tips. And uh, yeah, so I started working for that guy. And then I was also working for another food truck called Evil Wiener selling hot dogs. And uh <laughs> Yeah, so that that was one of the four jobs that I was kind of maintaining while I was paying off the house. So that's pretty much all I did was just work the trucks, festivals. Um, and then when I was not doing that, I was working at home at IBM and then coaching a little bit on the side too. While working the truck, did uh, <clears throat> well, how, how did you think about that? Uh, what did you think about that business model? Is it... Um, Dude, something I think you would be able to do or oh man I, I think I would because I just I, I think like I find I find a lot of comfort in cooking um, and like and I, I'm sure maybe um, I don't know how much you guys cook I know Jason you cooked a little bit when you used to work at payway too right you used to work yeah at, yeah so like I don't know for me like I can be an extrovert but I'm all I'm naturally an introvert and so that puts me in the prime position where it's like I get to be in a focused environment working on my own thing, like making dishes look great, whatever. And then it's like it's only that brief time where I'm handing the food out to the people where I still get to be an extrovert and talk to them, hear how the food is and all that stuff. So as far as the business model, though, um, I, I love it. I mean, it's, it costs a lot of money and it's a saturated market now. Mm-hmm. But um, man, it's, it's a dream, dude. Like you can just open up whenever you want. You can cook whatever you want. You know, hopefully people like what you cook and hopefully you're cooking quality stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I really got a good system down. I felt really good about it. I learned a lot, a lot about the permits, festivals and all of that stuff. So, you know, it really opened my eyes to that opportunity as well. And I would never really look past it. Um, if, I mean, don't be surprised if one day you do see that I buy a truck. Um, mm-hmm. again, I'm waiting till I can do it debt free. Um, and yeah, dude, and just selling whatever food, you know, feels good to me. Comfort food, maybe Puerto Rican food, whatever. Yeah. Hell yeah. And it's low overhead, right? For, for you basically just buy what you're going to sell that night. Uh, right. Like that. Right. Well, they, some people do it differently. Um, when you're going quality, um, I mean, it, the markup is a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, there's otherwise, I mean, it is low overhead. And as long as you don't have a truck that needs a lot of repairs, you know, uh, that was one of the thing with the evil wiener truck is that um, it had like a screwed up transmission that we had to fix like three times. And so sometimes that truck was stalled and we had to like tow it someplace to still work it. Um, but then at the same time, it's like all that money that you spend just to fix up that truck. You know, how much money do you lose or how many plates do you have to sell to recoup that that expense? So, um, you know, it, it's a give or take kind of thing. You know, it's kind of worth sacrificing maybe the money at the beginning getting everything quality and then, you know, just selling from there versus buying like a crappy truck and having it break down on you, you know? Definitely. And with the, uh, with the fitness and the, uh, financial coaching type stuff that you've been doing, I was going to say, uh, what mindset things have kind of helped you grow in that area as well as like, how do you put yourself in the right frame of mind to go forward? Hmm. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, frame of mind, especially for the financial stuff. Well, I was tired of having to owe people money. 
like I didn't like that feeling, you know, like I just, I hated kind of feeling that weight over my head where it's like, all right, well, it's like, I always gotta, if, if I decided to leave my company, like I have to, I don't know, find a way to make this uh, payment here and there. And I just, I just didn't like that feeling. So I was like, you know what? I want to be my own boss eventually. And I want to be my own boss debt free. You know, like I just don't want to have that burden on my back. And then let alone, it's like, if crap hits the fan, like it did, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm so glad that I'm not struggling at the moment right now to have to make a mortgage payment. Like that would breed a lot of stress right now to be like, okay, now I have to get clients and I don't want anything to sacrifice the quality of my service to my people just because there's a financial dependence behind it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, and then with, uh, so with the training for my training, I mean, that's kind of the main mentality. I mean, in a sense, I, w I mean, you've seen me, Sam, like when I used to be chubby in ROTC, like, I mean, I wasn't always the fittest guy in ROTC. And uh, that's been my story pretty much my entire life um, until I met a friend in college and he just kind of taught me the discipline. He was basically putting it like, look, dude, you want to work out with me? Like, I'm not going to baby you. You need to show up to the gym and be there when I'm working out. You know what I mean? Um, and so when he put that mindset in me, it's like, okay, the only one that's going to do it is me, right? I wanted to be able to share that with other people as far as like just having that support system, but at the same time, that push to be like, hey, I'm going to be there working out with you, but you got to show up. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's kind of the mindset that I put into my clients and all that stuff. So tomorrow I have 6 a.m. clients and, you know, they try to cancel on me. I'm like, dude, it's like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to work out with or without you. So. You know, whether you're there or not, you're the one paying me for it. So come and get value out of it. You know what I mean? So. Hell yeah. And uh, during these times that we're experiencing right now, I was going to ask you, uh, has there been any sort of music or anything that's played in the backdrop to what you're doing to essentially inspire you as you go forward? Oh, man. Um, always music. Uh, I'm always listening to, I still listen to a lot of like older stuff, man. Like not like old, old stuff, but like, um, a lot of progressive things that I just kind of was brought in the rock game with like a lot of seven dust. Um, I listen to a lot of corn still. I listen to a lot of, um, whatever slipknot, you know, but I'm also, I open up my mind when I used to have octane on Sirius, I used to open up my mind a lot to a bunch of different bands, fell in love with an Australian band called 12 foot ninja. So shout out to them. Um, still love those guys. And then, um, and then, um, what else I list recently have uncovered, I mean, periphery, I mean, Ryan introduced me to periphery. So I became a huge fan of periphery and just stuff like that to work out to. And then monuments is another band I've been recently getting into nice. and pretty much anything Jason sends me like thrice. Like I always listen to some thrice around here now. And then, um, and then um, I'm always trying to listen to motivational stuff though, man. Right now it's just all about, you know, always kind of putting personal growth talk around me a lot of podcasts a lot of uh tony robbins um zig ziglar all of that stuff just you know motivational stuff that just kind of keeps you pushing throughout the day that makes you kind of feel that just because things are bad around you doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a victim to that situation you know you do your best to dig your way out of it hell yeah brother <clears throat> i heard tony robbins is good yeah i mean obviously he's super successful but yeah uh I actually, I heard he's actually, uh, it's very meaningful, uh, yeah. his lessons and stuff. It's wild, man. It's like, I have, um, some of the coaches that I, I work with have gone to one of his conferences and it's almost, it almost sounds like a cult, but mm -hmm. it's cause like the way that he just kind of like has it programmed out. It's like, he has all these things planned for people like on your personal growth. And I've heard it's amazing. I only listen to like snippets of stuff on YouTube of his, but yeah, and he has this crazy raspy voice, dude. It's like he's like he's, yeah. like he's been yelling at the top of his lungs for like his entire life. But it, yeah, it's, it's a trip, you know. It's a, um, I, I love listening to him. There's so many people that I love listening to. Um, right now I'm reading a book by Jim Quick, which is really good, called Limitless. So anything that's like all about tapping into your, you know, potential and, and uh, you know, trying to push out the negative and trying to keep positive around you as much as possible, you know. My brother turned me on to this. Uh, I haven't started reading it yet, but it's called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, dude, that's a good book. Yeah. 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 And what I got from the synopsis yeah. or whatever is, uh, seems pretty good. Pretty good yeah. info. If, if you drive a lot, man, I'd recommend the audio book. Get on Audible. Let them talk it to you. 
Um, it's a good book, man. It's eye opening too, man, for real. Like it, it made me like gut check a lot of stuff. It's like, man, I do do that. Like I'm always like the nice guy in the situation. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a lot of that's also generational and also like cultural too. Cause like my parents are like that. You know how my parents are, Jason. I mean, my mom is just like so giving and like, she just like sacrifices everything. And then um, I tend to pick that up and it's like, okay, let me put everybody else's needs at the forefront versus mine. But then I can't be as effective if I don't take care of myself first. You know what I mean? So that's what Mr. Uh, no more Mr. Nice Guy is a lot about to be like, dude, be selfish, get your crap together, you know, be the best you can be. And then you can start serving others the way that you want to. Yeah. You got to take care of yourself first before you take care of the rest. Strengthen. Exactly. I mean, it goes with the analogy, what is it when you're trying to put your mask on in an airplane, you got to put yours on first before you take care of anybody else, right? So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Great questions, guys. This is good stuff. Hell yeah. Uh, the one I've been reading has been uh, Own the Day, Own Your Life, Aubrey Marcus. And it's kind of yeah. helped me change my perspective. I've always been heavy set, as you know, from like yeah, high school yeah. all the way to now. And it's kind of helped me uh, look at little things I can do throughout my day, change one thing, and then keep using it as like a baseline. And you can see the rest of the changes as it happens over time just because of that one choice. And what's yeah. cool is I've started seeing a lot more options open up and opportunities. So that's helped me kind of get out of a big rut that I was in with right a lot on. of bad choices and things. So trying to sure. straighten that out yeah i mean we all have our vices right but dude you do look thinner in the face man so mad props to you dude thank you Whatever sir you've been doing on it, it right you've yeah. been doing on it yeah, yeah i've been that doing that steel mace swinging yeah yeah that's awesome yeah i went to on it um um to for that book signing for the guy uh, sean stevenson a podcast i listen to also and uh dude that gym is ridiculous it is. it's like i would love to own something like that one day but yeah, I listen to Aubrey Marcus a lot too. He got he's he's got some good stuff. Speaking of the gym, uh, to go back to what you're doing right now, uh, did you say you were like a partner in that? Or? No, I'm not. I was thinking about that um, right now. So right now I work for him. So I do um, just a couple classes. I do kickboxing and boot camp classes. Um, and I have my own schedule there. And then, um, I, we have this program called hybrid and hybrid is basically where I can train people online through an app called Trainerize. And, uh, basically we use that app to, uh, just track everybody's progress, all their, you know, weights, uh, it links up with all the, my fitness pal stuff. So you can see everything that everybody's eating. So I manage 10 clients doing that. And then I also um, do, uh, right now with COVID going on, uh, I do the live classes. So all my classes in the class are done Facebook Live or Zoom, so I can still see the clients doing their thing. And I still work out with them, so we're, we're going through that grind together. Nice. But yeah, I thought about that maybe at some point, maybe kind of offering to partner up with him um, if our visions align. Um, but otherwise, you know, right now it's just kind of build my own vision on the side with gym coaching. Um, trying to work on a fitness app that I've been trying to get out for a while, but I never have enough time to work on it. Um, you know, and just kind of see what other uh, opportunities come up. Wow. So is that like your goal is to open up your own gym or? Um, I mean, it, that could that be app. one, dude. I don't know. Like I have so many things like I'm thinking about right now. Like I'm in a very big kind of like dreaming place. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it's tough. Cause like the things that kind of keep me grounded are like things at home. It's like a whole different issue, but yeah. just stuff that's going on at home and stuff like that. So it's really hard to balance out like starting a business and figuring out what you're going to devote most of your time to when at the same time you kind of want to be there for the people that have always been there for you, you know? Um, so that, and, and again, having your own gym too, like it's hard when, you know, the debt thing comes again. Like I imagine me right before COVID happened, if I was like, you know what, like I'm ready to get a, a gym you know, $50,000 in debt or something to just open up a small space and then bam, no clients, nobody shows up to the gym. How do I pay rent? You know what I'm saying? So, so right now, basically my garage is my gym. So I have my heavy bag, I got weights there. I got all my stuff, my jump rope, we run around, we do whatever we need to do for whatever their goals are. And we knock that out of my garage. So, you know, right now that's my space until I can expand and who knows? I've watched some of your videos. The partner on a gym, let me know. 
Right. Reach out to Ivan. Maybe. Or you I'm can send us an videos. email. Send us an email to admin at theundecillion.com and we will get you in touch with Ivan. Nice. Nice. Um, go. You're really good at motivating, man. And I don't, you know, I know that's been your uh, personality since I've known you. You've always had that kind of personality. But uh, I don't know. It sounds like you really know what you're doing. And uh, the way you present, the way you train your uh, clients, it's very, um, you know, you're pushing them, but you're also giving them a lot of motivation. And and you're you're not killing them (laughs) or or being like Nazi, you know, uh, drill instructor kind of thing. This is a good selling point so I can get Sam on board. So keep it going. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to kill Sam. I'm not going to be a Nazi with him until he does come to the gym and then I kill him and I become a Nazi. <laughs> so, no, um, but I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's really good stuff, man. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, thanks. It sounds like you, well, it looks even like you found something that not only do you love, but, uh, and you're good at it, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> yeah. falling right into that uh, role that you have there. And, uh, I wish, man, <laughs> dude, it's a, it's a Did never you? ending journey, man. You know, it's a never ending journey. Like I, I'm kickboxing, uh, right? Yeah. So I do. Well, I mean, I started it cause I was going to a boxing gym for about a year and a half. And then when I got like, and I've always liked boxing, you know, I used to watch the boxing ma- matches with my dad all the time and I still do. And so that's kind of, I always grew up around that sport. And then when I actually got an opportunity to go to a gym and do it, like I just fell in love with it. I didn't really want to compete, but I was like, dude, that's the hardest workout that I've ever done. Um, you know, where it was like, yeah, maybe the first couple times I did puke after sprints, but then once I got into it, it was like, dude, I was killing it, you know, and I felt really good and lost so much weight. Um, and then that's what I brought to that gym. And then I told the the owner, uh, his name's Forrest. And I told him, I was like, Hey man, uh, all I know is boxing stuff, dude. I don't know kickboxing. I don't know any boot camp or whatever. And he's like, no, we'll cheat you that stuff. You come in and you just shadow the other coaches and all that stuff. He's a great guy. And he's like, I'll, I'll do mitts with you. We'll do this together. And so I've learned little bits of kickboxing and boot camp and circuit training, all that stuff. And that's always a learning process. You know, like once you get into learning what your body can handle, it's like, it's like when people say, once you act like, you know, everything, it's like your life is over. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you can always keep on learning stuff no matter what, you know, there's always a different way to throw a punch. There's always a different angle that something's going to come at you, you know? So it's uh, you just kind of keep learning and preparing. And that's what I think makes it exciting, you know, for different clients when they come do mitts with me or boxing and we're doing different like combinations and stuff. It's always different, but still working on the same fundamentals, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a constant journey, brother. You know, I can only wish the same for everybody, for you, for Sam, that, you know, at some point it's like we all get together again. And it's like. I can I know that Jason's doing the thing that he loves to do. And I knew, I saw that he always loved to do that. Same with Sam. You know, Sam, you're telling me about, like, your guitar, you know, shop or whatever, or just your instrument shop. Dude, that's freaking awesome. Like, that's awesome to kind of see that and put that at the pedestal to be like, one of these days we're going to come back together. I'm going to be like, dude, Sam, how's that instrument shop going? Or, like, how's that new guitar that you're building? You know, all this stuff. Because, I mean, I just want to see everybody doing what they love to do because I want to do what I love to do, you know? It's inspiring to see people inspired and passionate about something, just pursuing it without like flinching. For sure. And you got to surround yourself with that, right? I mean, that's, I think one of the biggest changes and was one of the hardest things is like where not necessarily getting into toxic relationships, but like into, you know, being around the people that you know, you aspire to be like, you know, and that's hard because sometimes, you know, with our friends or just the people that we hang out with, it's like, that's our comfort zone. Um, and sometimes it's hard to be like, dude, this guy sitting next to me is a CEO and I know he's a CEO. Like when, how am I going to flip that decision and be like, all right, I'm going to go and talk to him and just introduce myself or I'm going to stick with my friends and just kind of do the same old thing that I've been doing forever. You know, you never know what kind of doors open up just by going to those people and be like, dude, I love what you do. I don't know how to do it, but I've always wanted to learn how to be a great programmer. I've always wanted to learn how to write a book. You know, where, where should I start? And you never know, man. A lot of people are very giving, and sometimes they'll be like, oh, well, yeah, I have a website, or here, come, here's one of my free books or whatever. Just send me an email, and I'll shoot you a free book. 
you just never know. So um, just surround yourself with the people that, you know, you want to be like. And that's always something I'm working on because, dude, I, I like being comfortable. Again, I can be an introvert. I like hanging out at home, doing my own thing. Uh, so when it comes out to networking and being around other people that are above me, it's very intimidating, you know. It's like me going to like an Arnold Schwarzenegger classic or something in my <laughs> condition right now, dude. You know what I mean? And I'm just walking around all these like guys that can squash me with the grip. And it's like, but to just kind of swallow that and be like, dude, your traps are awesome. Like, what do you do to get your traps so big? You know what I mean? And just kind of being kind about it. And dude, people love to talk about themselves. So it's like, just introduce it that way and just sit back and listen and learn. You know? It kind of goes back to what you had said earlier. Um, always be willing to learn yeah. something new and that it's tough sometimes to keep really that is. mindset it because really you know you also said uh you should, should never get to a point to where you're like i know everything and i feel, i catch myself acting like that with work because i've been doing this job for so long sure <laughs> and it's like oh you know i'll be talking to my co my peers and oh i know how to do this and and I'm like, eh, you know, I start to notice this person has a way of doing this that is better, in my opinion, than the way I do it. <laughs> Maybe they're right, you know? Yeah. So. No, that is tough, man. That is a, that's a, that's a great example, you know, because um, any, yeah, it's, uh, I, I always, I think, I'm trying to remember when it was, um, I came to the realization that you can always learn something from somebody else, no matter what. It's like you can never share the exact same experiences. I'm sure even identical twins, like you think, oh, well, they probably experience everything exactly the same. Two no, in the end, entities. they still live their own lives. You know what I mean? So they all experience their own things. And then, uh, yeah, dude, I, I mean, I fell in that with IBM. Like, so sometimes I would be communicating with some other coworkers and trying to bring them on calls to solve certain problems. We're talking people that have been at IBM at like 30 years or maybe were part of designing like – the software that I'm actually supporting, right? And wow. they would also be stubborn and be like, no, that's not possible. That would never happen. And then I'm like, man, well, am I going crazy? Like, cause I respect you, dude. And I know you design this stuff, but this guy's telling me there's a defect here or something. And then sure enough, there was a defect there. And what happens? He's got to kind of swallow that, that bullet and be like, shit, dude. Like I didn't really, you know, it's like, here I am looking like an idiot. Cause I thought I knew everything, but I didn't, you know, there was something that slipped under the radar. So, I don't know. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. I think it's a thing of humility that you just got to kind of like, you know, just kind of be like, all right, when I feel like I know everything, is there something that I'm not looking at, you know, maybe from a different perspective? For sure. And what's <clears throat> funny is uh, sometimes you get the tunnel vision as you pursue whatever the path is. So having anyone's different vantage point on it might give you clarity or insight on how you can direct where you need to go. Because sometimes Absolutely. you're on the track, you can only see what the track is, but there's someone outside who could see the next curve or 50 curves from now. Exactly. Got to take off the blinders, right? So. so what's this app that you were talking about? I know you probably don't want to say too much, but... Uh... Oh, man, sure. I, I don't mind. I'll talk about it all I want. I'm, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's called Remix Trainer. So I came up with the idea when I was... Um, I was handling a lot of classes at the gym that I was working at. Like, I think I was doing maybe about six or seven classes a week. And when you're doing six or seven classes a week and they're 45 to an hour classes to always come up with something fresh, like the programming for it, you know, granted, we have a lot of equipment. We have our kettlebells, our resistance bands, all this stuff. Right. And it got to a point where I would save all of my workouts into like Google Keep or whatever. And I would just kind of go back in there, make a couple of little edits and all this stuff. I'm like, man, dude, but like this is taking time like to get creative with it. Right. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I wish I can just go ahead and make up a database that has all of the workouts for all of this equipment. And then my app basically just randomizes it for me. Right. So that that way, when somebody doesn't have equipment, they can just go to body weight and what muscle groups they want to work. We make those connections in the app and it gives you like workouts that are associated with that and it randomly puts that for you. So it makes it different every time. You can remix it however you want. There's actually a remix button on there and then you can also select the exercises that you want to keep in your workout and randomize the rest of them um, until you find a workout that you like. And the advantage was is that it took like seconds to develop these workouts. So now I can just go into the gym, pull up Remix Trainer, 
randomize one real quick and be like, all right, I'm going to do kettlebells, resistance bands, and dumbbells today. Pick those. I say I want to work chest and legs. Pick that. Randomize the workouts. And it gives me a list of maybe like 10 or 12 exercises. And I just write them up on the board. And it uses all of the equipment. So it was just handy, convenient, you know. And uh, I was thinking that, you know, maybe that can be used to help with coaches, new coaches that we bring on board that have a hard time coming up and getting creative with workouts. Well, here's an app that simplifies this for you, you know, until so you get up to speed. So are you thinking about sharing this or selling it? Um, yeah, so right now it's being tested. So we're doing, I have it on Android. I have it on my phone. I still do a lot of testing on it. There's still some bugs we're trying to tweak. Um, I have a programmer that I hired to help me with it and we're developing the web-based version and then he's, she's also working on the iOS version for, uh, for Apple as well. Um, so I want to say, man, I'd like to get it before the end of the year, but again, paralysis by analysis, dude, like I'm picky about like how I want it to look, how I want it to flow. Uh, cause a big part of that is what makes an app attractive. It's like, you want it to be simple, dude. Like everything is just common sense as soon as you go in there. Um, and at the same time you cover all the avenues of, okay, well, what if they put in this, you know, this random pattern in there and then it crashes, you know what I mean? So, um, hoping by the end of the year, you'll see remix trainer out there on the app stores and you guys can kind of play around with it. And you know, there's tons of apps out there and I, I understand that, but you know, I like to think I have something good going with mine and, um, it's always fun to try new things, right? Keep me posted if you need a beta tester. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, for sure. I'm actually in that process. So don't be surprised if you get an email that says, Hey, this guy wants to share an iOS app with you. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I'm still learning all that stuff too, man. Like I was like jumping into, I was like, I don't even know what to do with these apps. And then my programmer is like, she's from Princeton. I don't know how I got her. She's like amazing. And then she's like asking me all these questions. I'm like, yo, like I don't even know. Like all I know is I have this vision of this app being out there and this is what I want it to do. Um, and I want it to look like this, but I don't know what to do behind the scenes. You know what I mean? And so she's a great programmer. She works on all that stuff for me. Um, it's just that, you know, we both have like all these other busy lives going on. And so sometimes it takes a lot to get together and just keep it flowing. You know what I mean? So organization is not my strong suit. So uh, you're not too bad. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> One day at a time. There you that go. Sounds, that sounds really cool, man. I appreciate That's awesome. It. Yeah. That's awesome. I was going to ask you, how, how, how did you learn how to program that stuff but well i did i was starting right so i started right i went to uh udemy and i took like one of their android um because i have android so i have a i took an android course um i started developing like some stuff like <laughs> it was like some programs where you like click on cat and dog pictures and it does certain things or whatever so i was learning how to do it and i loved it because i still want to be techie that's the thing about jumping into this fitness world, it's like, I still have the techie at heart. Like I love messing with technology. Right. So that's always going to be a part of me. Um, but man, it was just so slow, dude. Like I couldn't spend all my time learning this new language and programming and doing all this stuff while I have all this other stuff that I'm trying to build, you know, my own business, the fight, uh, the fitness, I was still doing the food truck. I was still at IBM, you know what I mean? So it was like, and at the same time with IBM, it was also very tricky because I also didn't want to you know, have any kind of conflict there where I can't be working on my app when I'm at IBM. I can't be bringing IBM assets involved when I'm designing this app because they can claim, uh, you know, some of that proprietary stuff. So, mm, wow. That's yeah. a good point. I mean, they do that at universities too. When I was, um, I don't think you remember, right, Sam, like you probably had a senior design project and you had the option. It's like, if you're going to use uh, university uh, facilities and materials and all that stuff that you're basically given the university rights to whatever it is that you design. But if you don't want to give the university rights, then it's like, all right, well, good luck. Build down your own stuff. Your chips and stuff on your own, you know what I mean? And doing your testers and all that stuff. Best of luck for you. And some people do it and some people can't. And, you know, whatever's the best deal for you. I don't know how to read any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> HTML or whatever, C++. Yeah. It's all good, brother. <laughs> you you don't need to. Learn. You don't need you to. You want to learn, dude. Yeah, it better. Takes a certain person, I think, sometimes, you know. Learn to code, you know. Sam, are you doing any kind of coding and stuff right now? Uh, lately, it's 
just been uh, stuff in like basic and stuff mm-hmm. in uh, assembly, just basic things that I use for myself. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, otherwise it's just guitars, right? Just jamming out a lot. Guitars, uh, pretty much, uh, anything with electronics. I've been doing a lot of, uh, building of things. Uh, sweet. This over here is a cigar box, uh, amplifier. Oh, nice. So in on the inside, I still got to solder some stuff again, but just a little speaker, a little board, and then dude, powered, cool. powered off a of nine volt. <laughs> nice, dude. That's creative. Is that like a Lannister lion or something on the top? Well, uh, there's a brand of cigars. I uh, frequent oh. a random cigar shop out here every nice. now and then, and uh, they let me pick up boxes. So I just grab a box and build something. Right on. And I guess for those that don't watch the video, it looked like there was like the Lannister line, uh, what's it called, the logo from Game of Thrones on that box. I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, so. Yeah, Yeah, what shows are you into right now or or movies have you been watching? Do you even have time? Dude, I know, dude. I'm like, well, this is probably why I don't get a lot of crap done. So you're putting me on the spot. (laughs) Um uh, let me see. So probably the last thing uh, I watched was um, I've been into a lot of like documentaries, um, nice. but then I watched uh, Dead to Me recently, mm-hmm. which was pretty good. It's Netflix. I mean, I don't really have like the Hulu or anything, so I do a lot of Netflix stuff. Um, a lot of documentaries, man. A lot of detective stuff and forensics is always fascinating stuff. Yeah, it's good too. stuff to also have on in the background, just kind of playing while you're doing crap in the house and working on other projects. But, um, yeah, Dead to Me, and then I watch some movies every now and then. Um, and what's another good thing? Game of Thrones. Uh, oh, Westworld on HBO. Dude, that is a mind warp, man. That show is crazy. Oh, man. It's like, I don't uh, have HBO. So. It's, it's very prophetic, I think. Like, it's, it's probably, like, given an example of where AI can go at some point in the world. And it's, uh, so it's pretty fascinating. But uh, old Michael Crichton, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's from like dinosaurs to to androids and stuff. So yeah, (laughs) did Jurassic Park, but um, yeah, man. So that's a really good show. So yeah, anything on HBO is usually pretty good. And um, I really don't watch a lot of news, man. I really try to stay away from that, which is kind of a double-edged sword because I need to keep up with a lot of stuff. So I usually just hear whatever's in the morning when I drive around and stuff on KLBJ in Austin. but it's all yeah, COVID right now. So yeah, it's all gonna be the same. Stuff. Yeah, a lot of COVID, a lot of a lot of negative stuff. A lot of petty stuff, dude. Yeah, yeah. Just pettiness. Yeah, so I don't really watch a lot of regular TV anymore. I miss some sports. Oh, uh, I watched the documentary with Michael Jordan. What was it? The Last Dance on ESPN. Nice. That was really good. Um, because that was my time, '90s, when I was all into basketball and stuff like that. So I was a huge Michael Jordan fan. Those were good did times, you, man. Oh did yeah. Did you watch this uh, Extraction movie? No, no. I, I one of my buddies was telling me about it with uh, what's his face, uh, Thor. What's his name? Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah, Hemsworth. Yeah. yeah. Was it good? Did you like it? I liked it. Yeah. I mean, the uh, cool thing about the way it was shot by a stunt um, coordinator. Mm-hmm. That's what he did before, and mm-hmm. they, I guess Netflix gave him a shot at directing. Um, and so a lot of the action is is like one shot, like seamless. Oh, nice! Yeah. So they can do that now with the CGI and make it look uh, seamless. Like I don't know if you saw that movie um, with Michael Keaton, the Bird something Birdman. Oh, Bird. I didn't saw that. Was it good? I heard that was good. It won a lot of yeah. awards, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it was good. It was good, it, it, but it looked like it was all one take. You know, oh, wow. like the entire two hours was all just one take. Crazy. Yeah, which is cool how they can do that now. Um, <clears throat> that was good. I, uh, I've been watching a lot of, you said forensics and stuff? Yep. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of these uh police interrogations with like murderers and like the interrogation can last anywhere from like an hour to three to four hours uh but yeah like you said i have them on in the background while i'm like cleaning or doing something yeah and uh it is so crazy how these detectives 
can turn somebody yeah without really manipulating them at all but <clears throat> the psychological tactics they use to yeah. get them to slowly start um, admitting things that right. Just because right. they want to, just because they want to get out of there, it's like, dude, like I've just been here for like eight hours straight. I'm exhausted. I'm hungry. Like, what do you want? What do you want me to tell you different, just so you can let me go? You know what I mean? And then they uh, trap. Well, there's a lot of laws and and restrictions on what they can do mm-hmm. because there was a problem with that getting false confessions. Yep. And there still can be a problem with that, but there's they've set up a lot. Of, like the, I forget all the names of the laws, but. They're specifically meant to not entrap or, or for somebody to give you a false confession. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, That sounds yeah. like a confession files on Netflix. Yeah. It sounds like a lot like that. Yeah. It might be it, but that's a, yeah, it might be that one. Cause I know that that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of that where it's just kind of shows of, of all the detectives that are kind of just like basically, you know, sweating out like these people that kind of get put away and they might be innocent. You know what I mean? There might not be, but yeah. And then innocent, I think confession files or confession tapes. And then there's innocent files, which is actually people that have been put away for like decades and they finally discover that they're like innocent and they get them out of prison. It's like, yeah, it's like stealing life, man. It's like, again, one of those things where you kind of look back and you got to count your blessings because it's like, you know, some people get just picked up out of nowhere and then you get charged for murder and then you're gone for 30 years and then yeah. you know you come out and it's like now what do you do you know what I'm, you know what i'm saying so it's crazy um, it's crazy to think that that could ever even really happen to somebody <laughs> how are you gonna let that happen to you because there, there couldn't have been any forensic evidence it had to have been the human yeah, mind saying. will start admitting to things even if it's not true when it wears down at the uh, psychological brink. And like a person will admit to anything at a certain point. Right, or just building off of not having an alibi or something. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, hey, you, you know, it's like, dude, I got so wasted. I don't remember where I was between noon yeah, that too. and that three too. o'clock in, in the afternoon. And it's like, uh, by the way, I don't drink that early in the day for those that are listening <laughs> yeah. in the afternoon. I meant to say like midnight to 3 a.m., but hey, teach their own. It's COVID time, so we can drink during the day. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, dude, that's so messed up, man. I was just kind of, when I watched that, I was like, it, but it's cool because it talks about a, a team of lawyers, like that's their mission in life. They're called the Innocent Project or Innocence Project, mm-hmm. and that's their job is basically to find those cases where it's like, dude, this is BS. This guy has to be innocent, or they found somebody else because DNA finally came around and they ran a scan again. Um, what do they call that system with the... Um, for DNA. The database. I, I forgot yeah, the name of it. It's on the tip of my tongue. But um, yeah, so, you know, then they find somebody and they're like, dude, this guy matches this DNA. It's like, doesn't match the culprit that we put away for 20 years. You know what I mean? Let's get him out of here. But the system just moves so slow that it's like, you know, by the time you're having all these court dates and appeals and all this stuff, it spans like years, man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Plus like, you have to have that's the lawyers. You have to have the lawyers to half the time to, to even get the ball rolling. Right. Like the system is not going to admit that it made a mistake. You know, usually that's not going to happen, you know, because, but yeah, DNA did change a lot of all that. Yep. Got a lot uh, of innocent people out of jail. Ah, that is on the tip of my tongue. What is the name of that database? But I was going to ask you, Jason, uh, do you miss some of the acting? Yeah. Yeah. I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think about it, uh, what I would do differently. <clears throat> Like, oh, man, you know, if I was to do it now, of course, I'd look different, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I would have probably done things a little differently, acted, you know, you can always say that. But, yeah, I, I thought about uh, maybe looking at seeing what kind of independent filmmaking is going on in uh, Central Florida. Yeah, did you ever do, like, an improv class? No, no, I didn't. I should have I taken some acting. <laughs> Udemy Dude, has some. It's never too late. Yeah, you're right. That could be something uh, like we were talking about, something you love to do, you know? Yeah, yeah, something that you can find. Uh, those little things uh, can find something that you like to do. That's what I've been thinking about a lot recently. Is like, man, I'm trying to remember a lot of the things I like to do as a kid that just kind of, you know, brings a smile to your face, man. Because, like, 
I was noticing like, dude, playing guitar with you and Ryan, man, like that was one of like a, a big highlight for me, dude, like just kind of hanging out and playing some music. And, you know, I never, I, I think you guys were the ones that I was probably like the first time, like comfortable singing in front of, you know what I mean? And, you know, as we got to play more and more, like a lot of that started to come out. Uh, but I don't really get to do that much anymore. And then I used to play a lot of basketball when I was a kid, dude. Like I used to play basketball all the time, like every single day, man. And then now it's like, man, I haven't touched a basketball in a couple of years. It's like, where does that fall off? You know what I mean? And so I'm trying to see if I can kind of reconnect with that. Also like sunsets too, man. Like I, I, I honestly do love sunsets. So you were serious. Yeah, yeah. I'm serious, dude. Like I mean, who does? Time of the day, man, is I can just like find a place to like some peace of mind or some kind of meditative point where i can stop thinking about crap for a few minutes i would love to just sit on my roof and watch a freaking sunset like if i can do that every single day like those are little kind of things that just kind of be like all right shit ain't so bad this is pretty cool you know now i'm gonna get on with the rest of my day yeah for me i got between 4 30 a.m and 5 30 (laughs) a.m and what's what's crazy about it is all the man-made sounds stop like the only thing you hear in this apartment area is just the air conditioned units and yeah. then what you do hear is like you hear the wind rustling through the trees. You hear the birds chirping really, really loud. And you're just like, I feel so connected to everything around me. What's up yeah, with that? Dude. And there's no That's sirens. Awesome. There's no no noise pollution from people because they're all sleeping. And it's yeah. great. <laughs> See, guys, so that's what delirium does to you when you're working the night shift. That's no, I'm right. Just and the I'm lack just of sunlight, no, my friend. <laughs> I agree, man. And then, you know what the, the common factor is, is that like that keep, that makes you present, man. Like, I think that's a big part of it too. Is like, we're always so like stuck on like everything outside of what's just happening. Like right now, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, dude, like times that we would just go to the lake or when you're playing the guitar, it's like, you have to be present in that moment. Otherwise it just doesn't come out the way you want it to be. You know, it's the same with that. Cause I, I know that feeling when I used to leave the food truck, um, I was leaving downtown. Everything is closed. The street sweepers are what's coming by, you know, and all the man-made sounds are quiet. I'm walking back to my car, and it's like the most serene and peaceful part of it. Brandon, maybe a hobo comes up asking me for something, but I'm just kind of like, hey, what's up, man? And just keep on about my way. But uh, Don't stab me. Yeah, don't <laughs> stab me. You don't got any food. Change so come back to car. I'll feed you. you know? Yeah, right. Sorry, buddy. But actually, that's a funny story, though, because, like, that's – that's actually why I think a lot of times that truck was never bothered. Like, because we're right there by the arc center where it has, uh, in Austin, where it has, um, all the homeless, um, basically kind of gets bashed for the night sometimes. And they all have to kind of try to do that every single day. So there's just a long line of homeless people right there on seventh and red river. Um, and basically all the food that we would have left over, we would make plates and give it out. You know what I mean? And so we even had some of the, homeless people that would come in like clean up the front of the truck for us to make that presentable wipe down the tables or whatever and we'd give them a plate for it you know what i mean or give them some food um so it's like we never got any crap from them but like you would see them start crap with other people but just never with us because i guess we were always feeding them and just kind of taking care of them and treating them like human beings but um so it's funny that that you brought that up but i'm glad i didn't get stabbed because there were probably a lot of opportunities where somebody could have messed with me at four o'clock in the morning yeah, I'm working in downtown myself, and, uh, oh, man, so many homeless people, it's sad. Oh, yeah, in but, Orlando? <clears throat> yeah, but, uh, you know, some of them, I'm like, this is a choice. You are totally fine. You could get a job. This yeah. is what you want to do, so I don't really feel sorry for you, and I know that you're not crazy. Yeah. But anyway. It's the mentally sick ones that are, that's where it's really sad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those but, are the ones you feel like you want to take care of them, you know? Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, so, awesome. Awesome. And on the homeless note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't be homeless. Remember, you have, yes. you have choices. As long as you're mentally sound to try to go and do something, there's always a way to make money out there. You just got to go out and do it. It might not be the most glamorous thing, but... Granted, you just go out and do your best at it, and you'll make some money. And that's one thing that I realized, too, when I was kind of doing the food truck deals. Um, When I really made an effort to kind of just reach out and use my resources for stuff, like, the opportunities were there. I think a lot of times we kind of, like, 
cut ourselves off and be like, oh, well, I don't know anything about that. So that's not an opportunity for me. It's like, well, it's like, look into it, like, or go to a, a place, you know, like how they say these days that resumes don't work. You know what I mean? It's like, it's about that interaction because we don't really have that anymore. You know, sure. you don't want to be part of the pile. It's like thousands of people. It's like, maybe that's when you kind of go and make that effort and be like, hey, just wanted to introduce myself. I saw you guys have an opening. I know so-and-so that works here at this company. And uh, I think I'd be a good fit in doing this. Do you guys have any opportunities, you know? And you never know what, what happens. But there's always grass that can be cut. There's always dogs that can be walked. Man, people make a lot of money walking dogs, dude. There are a lot Makes of dogs in Austin. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man. Some people like just find a way. It's like kind of like the YouTubers, man. The people that are like getting paid millions of dollars to watch you play games on Twitch and stuff. Like people are making a lot of money, you know? Right. Just got to be creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, as somebody that hires people... Uh, resume doesn't really mean that much to me mm. and of course it, it's good to see a, a snapshot of the person what their education is and prior uh, employment and stuff mm -hmm. uh but yeah it's normally the people that come in and shake your hand uh or even make a phone call yeah asking asking if there's any opportunity uh you know because these opportunities uh they you got I remember there was a point in my life where I just felt frustrated that the opportunities weren't coming and I'm stuck in this rut. And then, <clears throat> you know, I kind of, I guess I just realized like nobody's going to give it to you. You, have you to just got to go out there and, t and, you know, take it. Absolutely. And, uh, you got to create your own opportunities. That's so, what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot learn. You can't really read anybody from a stupid resume, and and you know they're not stupid. I'm not saying that it's a stupid. Practice. The resume is stupid, not that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some people are professional uh, interviewers, and yeah, they're, they're like um, you know con artists almost to where they they can get a job that they're probably not qualified for. <laughs> And because they're, they're able to BS this resume that looks so good. That I they actually I get have a, seen them. An interview from it, you know? Yeah. I saw that a lot. A lot. All right, well, when, I, when I get to hire my first employees, I'm going to rely on you, Jason. I'm going to reach out to you so I can get some tips. Actually, yeah. I'm just going to, I might just be like, hey, you're going to have to talk to my, uh, my recruiter, Jason. If you can get through him, then you're hired. It's my human resources guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. don't listen to the Undecillion podcast, you're out. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's like number one. Yeah. <laughs> Put that right next to your picture on your resume and you have a job. <laughs> right. right. No, but it's it's body language and uh, what people do with their eyes. Um, hell, even the way they sit in their chair, I guess that's body language. But, uh, yeah. you know, the way they respond to your questions and you have to kind of know the kind of response you're going to want from it and throw it out there and see how they, they deal. Well, the question's designed to, to get an answer that, uh, a specific kind of answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I remember like thinking about body language a lot, getting interviewed. And I hate that feeling too, when you're so overconscious about like, all right, what am I doing with my like eyes? Like, what am I yeah. doing with my hands? Like, where am I, you know, so it's like, am I sitting like a robot or am I fidgeting <laughs> too much? You know, I think that stuff's hilarious. And I'm always looking at that. Like when I'm talking to people, for example, <clears throat> after classes, when we do coaching classes, everybody's all amped up. Right. So it's like, I try to like interview them like as still as possible just to kind of see like how they react and what their body movement is doing. It's just fun to watch. I don't know. Human behavior is just funny. You like watching um, them squirm. <laughs> I love watching them squirm. Cause I'm that freaking Nazi, that gym Nazi. <laughs> the gym Nazi. Yeah, and in those kind of situations, one little twitch feels like, you know, a crazy body movement. <laughs> You're like, my eye is twitching. I can feel it. <laughs> I'm so nervous. Right? Is he gonna think I'm an, a psycho? Cause my eyes is twitching today. <laughs> but like, they can't even see it because it's so minute. It's yeah. So small. <clears throat> Well, wow, man! Really good catching up with you, brother. Heck yeah, it's been a pleasure yeah, well, having you, know. man. 
can we have you on again at some point? Please. Yeah, for sure. Anytime, guys. Anytime. Even if you want me to be kind of like a guest on here to ask other people questions. I love this platform. I love uh, I love what this is about, like, connecting people, too, and even just catching up. Um, and I wish you guys the best. I mean, I've thought about doing podcasts as well uh, just to talk about random stuff. But, you know, I wish you guys the best. And, you know, I'll talk you guys up, and I hope you guys get a good audience because – you know, it's just about just being real and, and being friendly and just talking about what we're encountering. And you never know who that relates to out there. So, yeah. Thanks, man. Keep up the good work. Good work, guys. Hell yeah, brother. You too, brother. Yeah, awesome. You guys take care. You too. I'm going to go ahead and end this on a song. Cheers. Cheers. You are listening to The Goddess from the Campfire Blues EP by Wolf Boy, now available on iTunes and Spotify.